Welcome to the Get Your Health Together podcast, your go-to source for optimizing your metabolism, hormones, and results, plus a little tough love along the way. I'm your host, Lexi Swearingen, a holistic online health and fitness coach for women who want to understand the why behind their transformation while also living in the moment. I'm here to bridge the gap between macros and mindful eating, and have helped hundreds of women achieve their physique goals while also prioritizing optimal health. Now it's your turn. It's time to get your health together. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to the Get Your Health Together podcast. I'm your host, Lexi, and as always, I am super excited for today's episode. Um, I will start off with the weekly reflections, weekly win. I made it through another surgery alive, well-ish, we'll see, Um, TBD, and you know, mindful moment of the week, I will tell you guys right now, I did not cook a single meal this week and it was phenomenal. Like I did not cook a single meal this week and next week's podcast, I'm actually going to do like a meal prep strategies podcast or like how I meal prep because I do it a little bit differently than like the traditional meal prep. I have a couple different things that I do that I consider meal prep. But it's so nice to just have things ready and not cook. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't done that in a while. But before my surgery, we made like a big batch of pasta and then we made a big batch of chili and just had like avocado and stuff for that. So it was so nice. I really didn't need to cook. And then I had like sandwiches for lunches, like so easy, so nice. And it was just such a good reminder because I work from home, you know, and I know a lot of my work from home clients are kind of in the same boat. It's like, well, you're in your house. You can't afford to like spend 10 minutes whipping yourself up a meal, but then that almost bites you in the ass because then you get into your work day and you're like, ugh, but I don't really want to do that. And I used to always prep stuff when I was going to an office, but I don't anymore. So just a nice little reminder for me. Um, and you know what? kind of talking about that and consistency and helpful strategies and just setting yourself up for success kind of brings us into today's topic. Um, Today's topic is going to be what I believe to be a walkthrough, an explanation of the most important aspect of my coaching framework. So if you ever get on a consult call with me, we will typically walk through my coaching framework and what that's kind of going to look like for you, okay? And what those kind of steps are obviously look different for every single person, but in my brain, I have this framework that I walk through to get you the results you want, basically. So it starts with optimization, and then it's transformation, and then it's return to baseline, right? So we're going to be kind of walking through that idea of an optimization phase today and what that really means and the purpose of it, because I find this is something that people are kind of resistant to, but it really is the key. Like it is the missing link to the success that you want, maintaining it, you know, getting it and maintaining it, honestly, this is the key. And right now is the perfect time of year to be going through this. So I want to just put it out there into the world. I want you guys all to listen to this. And yeah, let me know if you have any questions. But 
I'm going to jump in by saying how people often come to me is wanting fat loss, right? You know, maybe they also are like, oh, Lexi, I want to have so much more energy and I want to like, you know, feel confident and I want to improve my relationship with food. And some people don't even tell me that they want fat loss in their application or in their intake form. They're just like, I want to be healthy. And I'm like, okay, tell me what that looks like for you. And they're like, well, I don't fit in my clothes and I hate the way I look. And I'm like, okay, so you want to lose fat. Like, It's not taboo to talk about it, right? I want to know if that's what you want to achieve. I'm not going to judge you for wanting to lose fat. I don't think it's toxic. I don't think it's any of those things. Um, And that's what most people come to me for. Like deep down, they want to see their photos change. They want to see the scale change or whatever it might be. Measurements. They want to fit in their clothes or... Who knows? Um, So fat loss is normally kind of a key player in why someone would hire me. And here's the thing. They want this fat loss, but when they come to me, this is how they're typically existing, okay? Poor relationship with food. So when I say poor relationship with food, I typically mean some form of like, weekend warrior vibe or like yo-yoing overeat restriction cycle whether that's on like a daily basis you starve yourself all morning and then you raid the pantry at night or a weekly basis like I said that kind of weekend warrior thing or more of a long-term basis like you're perpetually putting yourself into Weight Watchers or Octavia or Keto whatever diet fanatic thing is going on um you're having some type of yo-yo um chaotic eating or under eating which kind of goes into the same category but just like no consistency with your eating no real structure to the way you're eating in terms of like meal times or so that for someone maybe this is intentional like you know maybe they are doing these diets and trying to stick to these low calories or whatever they're macro hoarding to the end of the day and then for maybe some people it's unintentional like they're just not super focused on their food um they whoopsie miss meals or maybe they go a whole day where they just don't eat much and then what do you know they're starving the next day like unintentional or intentional chaotically eating um typically in unbalanced macronutrient profile in their diet so what that looks like is like the standard american diet right we have a very high fat high carb food you know profile here lots of foods we eat when we go out to eat are low on protein they're really high in fat whether they're like hidden fats or even like our carby things are high in fat like crackers and snackies like They all have a lot of fat, so it's really easy to overeat those two macros and then be under on protein. Um, And I'll also say low micronutrients too. So that's part of it. Imbalanced macros, just low deficient micros. Um, Poor education on nutrition, just really unaware of those two things that I kind of just mentioned. And I I see this all the time too, where I have women come to me and they're like, I don't eat that bad. I don't know what's going on. I eat like super well. And maybe their idea of, you know, eating super well, they're just kind of unaware of what they're doing. And then they track their food for a week and they're like, ooh, not a, I'm eating more than I thought. They're just really lacking awareness on portions. 
or maybe their idea of what is eating super well, super healthy, is just not that healthy or not that balanced because they don't really know what balanced eating is. Um, or maybe they're like, I am eating, you know, they don't understand the idea of a calorie deficit. So maybe they truly are eating healthy, nutrient dense foods, but they're very high calorie. Um, I see this all the time, but when I hear statements like that, like, I don't know what the problem is. I'm doing everything right. And then I look at their food audit and I'm like, okay, you know, we're just lacking a little knowledge here, which that's the point. That's why you're hiring help. Right. But It just shows me how, yet again, crucial this like optimization phase that I do is. Um, All or nothing mindset, I kind of mentioned that earlier with like the yo-yoing, but how is it happening mentally where it's really this like, I'm going to be perfect, I'm going to be perfect, this kind of perfectionist tendency and nobody can be perfect forever, right? If you are trying to be perfect, you're automatically going to fail. If you are trying to be perfect, you are automatically gonna fail. Write that down because nobody is perfect. Not me, not anybody. Not even the Mr. You know, best bodybuilder in the world is not perfect all the time. They even have a competitive season and then a time where they're off, you know, like nobody is perfect every second of every day. So if that's your expectation for yourself, why in the world would you expect to be successful? But most people have that and really struggle to overcome it. Um, Low energy. They come to me, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. (laughs) I can't get through the day. Mid-afternoon slump. And this is more than just nutrition, for sure. This is a lot of things, lifestyle-wise and mental health-wise and everything, but very low energy, typically. Um, Poor digestion, poor gut health. And again, this can be related to food quality, meal hygiene, all these things. But when I say poor digestion and gut health, I typically mean like, altered bowel movements, whether that's diarrhea, constipation, or both, Um, bloating, nausea, reflux, like all these types of things. Um, Bad sleep. They either have interrupted sleep, they struggle to fall asleep, they just simply don't prioritize it in their life. Uh, Poor stress management or coping skills. Again, they're coping with habits that they don't align with and want to get rid of, but they're using them for comfort. So they physically can't get rid of them or they just don't prioritize any type of stress management in their life they're very type a go 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 don't realize that stress management is important make jokes like you know coffee is my personality or like whatever you know you know the drill um poor time management i have grown women that don't use a planner don't use google calendar like this is going to make things very challenging, right? And no judgment, but it's like when you're just going through your life on a whim, how in the world are you supposed to manage your health, you know? Poor time management. Um, And I would just describe this too as like inefficient use of resources, whether that be time, money, energy like you are using your resources you are draining your your resources in a way that is not aligned with like the version of yourself that you want to be and if you're listening to this and you're like oh shit (laughs) that might be me look at where you're spending your money look at what you're spending your time on like literally track your time for a whole day or you know what make a list 
of if you had a pie chart i'm going so off track here i'm sorry if you had a pie chart um make a pie chart make that chart make your slices on like where you want to be allocating your time your money you can make different pie charts your energy whether it's you know your kids your family professional development um communities whatever you like to do your health your family whatever and then make a pie chart of where are you actually allocating your time your money and i would try to get real data on this like look at your bank statements if you say i want 25 percent of like my energy my time to be put towards my health and you look at your bank statements and there's not a lot of your money going towards that or there's a lot of your money going towards things that oppose that like takeout and booze like that or shopping and you're claiming i can't afford help with my health because you're putting money elsewhere okay that's something to look at same thing with time again do you wake up in the morning and lay in bed for 30 minutes scrolling on tiktok that's time you could go walk that's time you could go prep your breakfasts for the next three days you guys know what i'm saying anyways i'll leave it um maybe i need to do a whole episode on that (laughs) evaluating your resources um bad pms or wonky periods lots of women i come i come into contact with have rough periods um bad pms symptoms irregular cycles uh next one would be poor training so by that i just mean like they aren't training properly or with any sort of structure or they're overtraining or they're not training (laughs) um and poor recovery capacity which a lot has to do with these other things i mentioned if you're not eating well if you're not sleeping well you know you're not going to recover well and then just general lifestyle habits like you you're lacking the foundations of daily movement outside of the gym you're not walking you're not moving your body you're sitting in a desk all day and not prioritizing motion um you're not drinking water you're living on coffee diet coke whatever you're not drinking more than 40 ounces of water a day you're not getting protein in your meals like you know these basic habits you're not grocery shopping for yourself you know um so again this is how people typically come to me okay that was that list that was what that list was this is how people show up and they say hey lexi i want to lose body fat or whatever it might be and i look at their life their food their exercise and those are typically kind of the laundry list i'm sure there's more of things that they are struggling with right so what's happening is we are taking or like coaches or whatever or people are doing this to themselves are flinging their unhealthy body and mind for that matter into a fat loss phase into a calorie deficit air quotes around that because we don't really know what that is for this person right because they're so inconsistent and then we're absolutely shocked when it's not working um and again if someone's doing this on their own if they're like lexi you know i did a macro calculator and i'm eating in a deficit and it's not working and my metabolism's fucked and am I broken? Like, are my hormones out of whack? Like, what's going on? You know? Or there's coaches who you'll sign up for their program and they'll be like, hey, you know, I calculated a deficit for you. Here you go. And that's that. And it's like, Ooh, 
that's not gonna work, okay? That's not going to work. Um, And it shouldn't be shocking that it's not working. It really shouldn't. So what happens when you do take this route? Okay, what happens if you take this route? Again, independently or with guidance. Four things I'm gonna talk about. Number one, it leads to a lot of guessing games. Like, it leads to a lot of guessing games. And I already kind of mentioned this, but like, you really don't know if you're doing the right thing because I could sit here and say, okay, this girl came to me and she's 5'7 and she's 165 pounds and she says she works out three times a week. So here you go. This is probably going to be a calorie deficit for her. Okay. And then it doesn't work. And I'm like, I don't know. This is what this is what the computer said or whatever. Like, I'm just guessing. And then you have to sit there and be like, okay, it's not working. I wonder why. Should we just increase the deficit? Should we bring your calories down more? Let's see if that works. Okay, well, at that point, maybe it'll work. Maybe this girl has like a super adaptive metabolism. Or maybe I'm digging her into a deep ass hole, right? So all of these guessing games, and when people are working on this process independently, that's extremely frustrating because that's when you start to be like, what the heck, it's not working. And then you get burned out. And then, you know, so that happens. Or again, you don't even really know, like you haven't assessed adherence at all. So you're saying, here's a deficit, but you don't know if this person can be consistent or not. Like, is it not working? Are they just not sticking to it? Like, it's very hard to know. Number two, lack of response from the body. So kind of back to the guessing, but it's important to realize, and like I said, kind of when I was talking about that list of what people come to me like, the situation they're typically in, what does that lead to? We have to think of the impact that that has. So when someone has had this poor relationship with food, where they're maybe unintentionally or intentionally under eating, for a long period of time, or just inconsistently eating, whether that's repeated spurts of aggressive dieting or, you know, restricting and then binging on the weekends, like all of these things can lead to downregulated thyroid, metabolic adaptation. So when I say that, I mean, well, and like when I talk about metabolic adaptation too, it's important to realize part of the reason metabolism is like downregulated is because of the impact of that dieting. So it's like, okay, we dieted, hormones are now down, which means we're expending less energy. So metabolism is down. Does that make sense? Um, So basically what that means is maybe this girl is 5'7 and 165 pounds and for her maintenance should be 2,200 calories and a deficit should be 1,800 calories, but oh, it just so happens that she's been inconsistently eating for the past five years of her life or since middle school for frick's sake, trying to lose weight. And so actually for her, that's like a surplus. Like maybe her maintenance is actually much lower down to like 1500, you know? And that's just an example, but hello, that's a problem. And then again, when we talk about this lack of response, When you've been putting your body through all those things I mentioned at the beginning, you know, the poor sleep, the poor macronutrient intake, the imbalances there, you know, poor food quality in general, low hydration, this leads to heightened stress on the body. Like we talk about stress and we think about stress a lot as 
mental stress and things going on in our life. And we also give dieting a lot of shit for being a stressor, right? But dehydration is a stressor, my friends. Lack of sleep, it's a stressor. Alcohol, hello, that's a stressor. Um, And when your body's in this state of heightened stress, it is not safe. It is going to try to conserve energy to stay alive, to live, whatever. You're not going to just be spending it, losing it, low-key, like dropping fat. That's not going to happen. And this isn't starvation mode, survival mode. Like, I'm not preaching that. But, like, a healthy body is a responsive body, is a safe body, you know? Um... Okay, number three, mental burnout and like the psychological impact. So when you're living so, again, kind of without regard to your health, like that first list of things that I said, and then you throw someone into a diet, that leads to mental burnout. Because if you are playing these guessing games, if you are, quote, dieting and not seeing results for an extended period of time, nothing is happening, nothing is changing, um you start to get frustrated and that leads to mental burnout and then that mental burnout might lead to you're sick of it like you're white knuckling your way through the week and you get sick of it and then it leads to overdoing it on the weekend and then you're certainly not in a deficit you know and then you're really not getting results and then maybe you're gaining weight and then you're like crap I need to diet harder so that psychological impact is big um And it's just general lack of like ability to be consistent. When you're when you're struggling with that, it's very hard to get through life and take an untracked day or you know, go out to eat and stick to your macros. Like everything is triggering. And I'm not saying that stuff isn't challenging even when you are in a good mental state. Like it takes discipline and it's tough to like stick to protocols always, but like you know, you you will really struggle if you are not a healthy person going into it. Um, and this is my favorite one to talk about, but it leads to post-diet insecurity. So say that you actually did put your little unhealthy self into a deficit and it worked. <laughs> like you, you did see changes and you're like, yay, I lost weight. Okay, well you're going to struggle to maintain those changes because you don't really know what maintenance looks like, right? You went from living an unhealthy life to losing weight. And then you don't know. What does it look like to not be in a deficit? What does it look like to reverse diet? How adherent do you have to be to maintain these results? And this is what I see happen a lot of the time is kind of, a positive outcome from a shitty decision. <laughs> so someone will undereat or they'll start doing a ton of cardio or whatever and they'll lose weight and they just don't understand it. Like they did it way too aggressively or their their body wasn't set up for it or whatever and they'll lose the weight and then they'll be like, cool, I'm done and two things can happen. Number one, they just stay there forever which then kind of perpetuates this problematic cycle. Or number two, they just go back to normal. Slowly, they're like, cool, I got the results. And then they 
forget that they still need to eat protein and they still need to drink water and they still need to go on walks. And they never truly adopted that healthy lifestyle that led to the changes. So yeah, those are kind of the four things that happen when we put the body into a quote fat loss phase when we're not healthy for it. Okay. So again, I know you're thinking, Lexi, what the hell? I want to lose weight, you know, and I know that. I know that. And I hope that I'm explaining to you too why my process is crucial for you to lose weight. Like, it is crucial. Um, And this is, again, exactly why I've cultivated my coaching process, my framework, specifically to address this missing link that I see all the time. And it is the most important piece of the puzzle. Like, it literally is the the setup, you know? Like, without the setup, you can't do anything. It's just messy. It's bad. It doesn't work. Especially, it doesn't work forever. And I could get everyone to drop fat, you know? If I wanted to just take money and chill, (laughs) I could be like, hey, you know, join my 90-day transformation challenge. Come on over. And my clients could pay me however much and I could throw them in a crazy deficit, tell them to do all this cardio, they'd lose fat, at least a little bit, at least some water weight to make them happy and look at the scale. But that is not how I roll. I would rather have people do say, oh no, if you didn't know, the minimum amount to work with me is six months. So nobody signs on for coaching with me for less than six months. Six months is the minimum. Okay. Um, I could, again, I could make more money if I said 90 days, baby, let's get in and get out. But no, because I have integrity. (laughs) And I know that in less than six months, we cannot do things properly the way that I want to do them, the way that I know freaking works because I am educated and I care about like my professional reputation as a coach and I care about my clients deeply more than them just looking at the scale and like, seeing the number go down. Like, I care about you 10 years from now. I care about where you're at, you know? Anyways, this is why I do it the way I do it, even though at times it's not advantageous for me, you know, financially for my business. I need you guys to, like, understand that. Um, But enter the optimization phase. So basically, this is what I feel like a lot of people refer to as a health phase, kind of, and I do too sometimes, but I call it a health phase. Um, and 90% of the time, liter- more, 95, 95% of the time, I would say this is what someone needs. Like there is a very rare situation where maybe someone comes to me and their shit is just on lock and they're like, hey, I'm ready to go. And even then I would say like, you know, let's just make sure for like a couple of weeks. So Lots of coaches too will refer to this, so watch out for this. And I don't think this is necessarily wrong, but I just think it's not right. (laughs) Maybe displays a little bit of like lack of understanding or clickbait, I don't really know. But lots of coaches will say things like, all of my clients like need a reverse diet or like all of my my clients need a reverse diet when they come to me or I reverse diet every single client or all of my clients come to me and they eat more and lose weight and again it's not necessarily that this is wrong it's just kind of like a lack of understanding of what's happening because oftentimes 
this quote, reverse diet means you're slowly eating more food. And yes, for some people they are. For many, they're eating more food on a daily basis, but they're binging less. So they're actually eating at maintenance or they might be eating not in a surplus anymore so they're not gaining anymore or whatever it is. Um, And oftentimes too, they're like, their client might not be losing weight, but they might be just like, tightening up and that might be from lack of stress from no longer under eating so there are different things that can go down that aren't necessarily a reverse diet it's more complex than that um and not everyone needs a reverse diet not everyone needs more food necessarily again it's just kind of the way that they're working through it um And the purpose of this health phase is to, again, basically set this person up for success in a diet. Like, the point of it isn't to be like, no, you can never lose weight. The point is to be like, let's make sure you fucking lose some weight and you're ready to go and your body is responsive. It's the setup and it's crucial. So, and how does it work, right? How does this work? And I'm going to just quickly list off a few things and then I'll dive deeper. But I mentioned decrease of inflammation, improving recovery capacity, improved biofeedback. So that includes digestion, hunger hormones, sleep, um, educate the person, build habits and structure into their life, quit chaotic eating, improve diet quality. So addressing nutrient deficiencies, improve diet composition. That's that macronutrient profile I talked about. Balance their blood sugar, improve their energy, better periods, more resilient body, more resilient body. Um, I think I already said energy and sleep, but those, that is kind of like what happens. Okay. All of these things are basically related to a lower total stress burden on the body like all of these things are related to less stress even the blood sugar like less glycemic stress less circadian stress if you're actually sleeping and you're operating on a normal time clock um, less perceived stress you're actually working on stress management and coping skills so you're not in fight or flight mode constantly And then that's impacting your decision making. Like literally guys, just taking time to optimize your life, optimize the way you're living from a health perspective, it is this all-encompassing positive change. Like it is all-encompassing positive change that just, it's a cycle. Everything affects everything. Even we could talk about like blood sugar that is impacting your, um, the, your mental health. It's impacting how you feel. Again, it's impacting your energy. Are you crashing? If you are, again, is that impacting your decision making later in the day? Like, so you have low blood sugar because you ate coffee for breakfast and then a bite of a donut from your office and then your blood sugar went up and then it crashed. And then you hit this mid-afternoon slump. So then you had more caffeine at 4 p.m. And then you got home and you were freaking starving. And then you really wanted to relax, but you were wired. And and so you had a glass of wine. And then you had shitty sleep. 
because you had the wine and that sleep isn't restorative. So then the next morning you were exhausted and the same thing happened again. Like, see how this happens? <laughs> see how this happens? Um, anyways, that is kind of the gist. Now I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into each of these. And I first want to start off by saying timeline is obviously so different for every single individual. Um, and I don't know if I want to talk about that now or in a bit. I guess I'll say it now. Timeline is a little bit different for every single individual. I would say it typically takes four to eight weeks to get the calories up and consistent with like a a uh, projected maintenance. Like if this person comes to me and they're telling me, oh, I'm eating X amount of calories or whatever, even if they're binging on the weekends, you know, okay, I'm eating 1500 calories a day or we average out their days and they're eating 1500 calories a day and we want to get them up to a more appropriate maintenance of 1900 or 2000. That's going to take, you know, four to eight weeks to increase them up at a comfortable pace and then probably four to eight weeks to like maintain there at least maybe even 12 so in total like eight to 16 weeks depending on the person you know and i know you're like lexi what the heck that seems like such a long time but what if you spent 12 weeks trying to force yourself to diet and actually dug yourself in a deeper hole. So then you needed to stay in the maintenance optimization phase longer before you could diet again and actually get results. <laughs> and maybe in the process of jumping right into that diet, you downregulated your metabolism further. So when you actually did have no choice but to do the maintenance phase, you actually gained weight. Okay, so now tell me again that 12 to 16 weeks is way too long. It's not, I promise. What feels like the long route is the shortcut. So again, depends on the person, um, depends where they're currently at, what they're willing to do, how things are digesting, any signs of insulin resistance, like those are all going to change things. Um, but that really is the first piece is like food. So food wise, we want to bring this person up to a nice like projected maintenance calorie based on their activity level, based on their height and weight, body comp, all that stuff, um, and what they're doing currently. And I'm not going to just say, okay, you're eating 1500 calories, like let's jump it up to 2100. Probably not, especially if they have digestive distress, but I'm also not going to be like, let's increase 10 calories per week. Um, and you can refer to my reverse dieting episode about this too because I talk a little bit more about my thoughts on like increasing calories and all that in in that episode um I actually have two episodes I think they're some of my first it's like reverse dieting 101 and then it's like misconceptions about reverse dieting so those are both really good um and also with food improving that micronutrient capacity like how many micronutrients are you having Fiber is a huge one. I would say when I look at food diaries of women who submit them for onboarding, I see low fiber in nearly every single person. Like I can think of maybe like two clients I've ever had. I've had hundreds of clients. <laughs> I can think of like two maybe that have had like 
fiber that was appropriate. And oftentimes too, when I see high fiber, it'll be from like fitness girlies who are eating like a quest bar and that's 21 grams right there. And I'm like, oh boy. Um, so yeah, fiber is a huge one, getting that up. Improving the macronutrient composition. This is another one. Women coming to me eating under 50 grams of protein a day, most under 100 grams a day. That's not going to cut it. Like, you've got to get that up. I would say most people need 120. I also have an episode about protein. Um, it's called, like, protein and why you should eat some or something like that. Um, so, yeah, protein, getting that up, um, managing, like, the fats and carbs. And when I talk about micronutrients, too, and food quality, this is where the education piece comes in because it's like, hey, managing fats and carbs might come down to looking at our food sources. Like, are we choosing chicken nuggets as a protein source? Because sometimes, fine, I have the Just Bear chicken nuggets in my freezer too, and they're great. But oftentimes people aren't understanding that that's a carb source and a fat source. So if you're having Just Bear chicken nuggets, and then you're having pasta, and then you're having, you know, some sauce on your pasta that's like a creamy sauce cool you're getting fat from the nuggets you're getting fat from the sauce you're getting carbs from the sauce the pasta and the nuggets and all of a sudden you're like what the heck (laughs) why am i having so much fat why am i having so much carb because it's in everything you're eating so it's really like that education about where are my foods being categorized that i'm eating um because you can't stick to anything consistently if you don't understand it, if you lack understanding. And obviously, I help my clients break down their food journals and stuff. I do example meal plans. Um, I also have a resources library that has a whole like macronutrient master list in it. So tons of help on that education piece. Um, Anyways, the next part of this, I would say, is the... um, food, better food mindset and the consistency. So there's, this is kind of a two-pronged thing. Like, again, a lot of clients come to me and they're the type of people that feel like, oh my gosh, I'm sticking to something so well. And now I feel like I need to go wild and break consistency. And, and, and if you're doing that, or if you're saying, well, I tracked five days a week and then I had to take two mindful days, but your quote, mindful days are like, you going absolutely bonkers with food and then being like, I didn't do that bad. I don't know why it's not working. That isn't going to work for your coach or you when it comes to adjusting your plan, making your plan, seeing results. Like that just isn't going to work. Um, You have to be at this point where even when you're not tracking, you're eating in the same general way. Not saying you need to be perfect, but like you're still building balanced meals. You're still looking at your portions. Like a day off of tracking isn't a free-for-all or you're never going to maintain your results without tracking, you know? Um, Also, so that's kind of like the... And then, okay, with this too, with this consistency thing, your mental fatigue is always going to be better when you're not trying to be in a deficit. I just posted a case study on my Instagram about a client who was doing this, and I talked to someone in my DMs doing this also last week. It's so common when you're like, well, I've been trying to stick to 1,600 calories and lose weight, but you're not losing any weight. Why? Because you're trying so hard to stick to this 1,600 calories for four days a week that, again, you're completely losing it on the weekends, 
And the only reason you're losing it on the weekends is because you're so freaking sick of trying to stick to 1600 calories and not seeing any changes, <laughs> but you're not seeing any changes because you're losing it on the weekends. So it's like, hey, if you just took a flipping break, put yourself at a good amount of calories, like 2000 on every day, you'd have a little more wiggle room, you'd be less mentally fatigued, you'd probably see your body tighten up because you wouldn't be fighting this crazy digestion or inflammation or whatever that's coming from the overeating. Okay. Also, your hunger hormones, like your appetite regulation is going to improve so much more when you are actually consistent with number one, your intake. Like if your eating is so sporadic and chaotic all the time, like your appetite is going to be chaotic. Um, And then also like if you're sleeping well, if you're recovering well, that's going to help your appetite consistency too. Like your hunger hormones, leptin and ghrelin are literally impacted by like your sleep and recovery. Um, okay. On the training side of things, on the exercise side of things, um, the optimization phase will be like your opportunity to really get smart with training. So if someone isn't lifting at all, like they're not training, maybe they're just doing cardio, maybe they're just not really moving their body, this is very important and is going to make huge changes. Like, yes, with body recomp and changing your physique, but also with, like, your health. So, like, blood sugar, insulin resistance, that's going to be improved greatly when you have more muscle on your frame. Um, For someone who's, like, an Orange Theory girly, going to classes six times a week or whatever, and also been at that 1,600 calories or whatever, this is someone where we might pull down training volume overall and add in a lifting plan. It's going to help decrease stress for the time being. Um, Even if you're overtraining in the gym, like if you're just lifting weights six, seven times a week, like got to pull back. You know, you're not benefiting from what you aren't recovering from. And I do want to normalize too, like training isn't going to hurt you. I think there's this narrative of like cycle syncing out there, of course. And then like if you're trying to get your period back, you're trying to regulate your period, like quit training. I never quit training and I got my period back. It's all about like your overall stress management on your body. So like if you're under eating and you're overtraining, yes, that training is an additional stressor that's going to impact your biofeedback. If you are training a correct amount and you're eating to recover and you're sleeping, then that training isn't like going to hurt you, you know? So I hope that makes sense. Um, But training is really going to be about implementing a smart training program. And this is an area where I see the biggest resistance. Eh, One of. (laughs) I see a lot of resistance often. And I'll talk about that at the end, I think. But yeah, there's that side. Um, And then let's talk about like the planning, and I talked about this a lot at the beginning, I know, like time management and structure, but like if if you're someone who's not going to the grocery store and you're not doing any form of meal prep or, or preparation, you're ordering takeout all the time, like you obviously have to change that before you're going to try to be successful in a fat loss phase. So this is the time to start setting those calendar reminders every Sunday to allocate an hour to hit the grocery store or coming up with a core grocery list that you need to restock on every week that maybe gets delivered via Instacart or Amazon Fresh or whatever. 
or maybe you spend an hour to pre-track all of your meals in for the week so you don't have to do it every night or you know maybe you chop all your veggies or you cook your proteins you throw a chicken in the crock pot every sunday morning and let it sit all day like it doesn't need to be this huge thing but you've got to start implementing those core habits or again you're going to struggle to be successful and there's no point to get into a calorie deficit set the timer on your phone for to go on a walk midday at work like get outside and go on a walk yes even if it's cold <laughs> like it's not going to kill you you know like get into that habit find a gym schedule that works for you this is going to be your new lifestyle like if you're successful this is going to be your new lifestyle this is your chance to implement it um and then symptoms slash biofeedback um like this is our chance to if you're not pooping daily hey let's work on that let's get that going um if you have diarrhea same thing if you have terrible pms like i don't want to just be like okay let's cut your food you know what i mean um this is typically our chance to improve a lot of that stuff um and that's not to say that things don't always ebb and flow and change you know i've had people who were eating plenty of food and then they went into a dieting phase and then periods got wonky or whatever and it's kind of like stress can impact that like in your life what's going on there's a lot of factors but overall this optimization phase should be a time when we are overall managing that total stress burden and we're seeing positive changes from things like sleep and cycle health and digestion and then that is going to create more success when you go into a diet um i'll also say I have some people who come to me and they think, you know, I'm estrogen dominant or I have this thyroid, I think my thyroid's or whatever their concern might be hormonally. Um, maybe it's a gut concern, you know, I'm I have terrible bloating, I think I have this gut concern. If if this person doesn't have a lot of these things in place, like they're not eating well, not eating consistently, blah, 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 not sleeping, eat, drinking a lot of alcohol, like a lot of those things I mentioned, I would probably do like a little bit of this optimization before even going in and having them spend money on like pulling labs or doing a GI map because you can get a lot done. Like if they're really concerned about their hormone health and then we go and we start feeding them enough food and we get their micronutrients up and oh we're eating fiber and we're drinking water and we're getting sleep and sunlight okay those hormone concerns they had might resolve and if they don't and we do do testing then well good we'll know and we'll know what else to like really dial in on before going into lose fat um okay i hope that makes sense but that's kind of like how it would go and then remember 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 all of this depends on consistency okay <laughs> all of this depends on consistency so i'm sitting here saying you know it'll probably take x amount of weeks or x amount of weeks that is a full-on guesstimate estimate whatever if you were to join my coaching and i'm saying hey here's your plan this is kind of like our optimization plan these are the things we we really want to work on i'll typically try to pick a few big rocks for my clients like i'll say Okay, for you, digestion is a problem. Macronutrient composition is a problem. Um, diet quality is a problem. 
and we need to implement a training plan. Like those are our four kind of big rocks that we're focusing on and we'll put together like habits for those things. Or maybe it's stress management and food quality and sleep. You know, everyone kind of has a different things, um, different big rocks that I've identified. But if we do that and then you don't implement the plan, it's going to take longer. Like, or you don't get consistent. It's going to take longer. Um, If I'm like, hey, I want to get you up to 1,900 calories and I moved you from 1,500 to 1,700 and you're hitting 1,500 and then you come to me three months later and you're like, okay, are we ready for the deficit? I'm going to be like, huh? You know, you've been resisting this whole time. So that's another thing is like, it all depends on, are you actually doing it? <laughs> like, that's a huge piece. Um, and then what's going to happen? That's a big concern for a lot of people. What is going to happen throughout this phase? Oftentimes, to be honest, the body does respond really well. And I see a physique change. Like with a lot of my clients, I will see inflammation kind of drop or bloating drops or whatever. But that isn't the goal of it. Like, that is not the goal of it. Some people are going to maintain weight and just like will tighten up a little bit. Some people just kind of stay about the same, but maybe they will start pooping every day. Like these are all good things. Um, And honestly, like there is the occasional person that will gain a little bit. If you're gaining, your body probably needs that. Like, and I went through that personally. Like when I started eating more food by the time I actually did it, like my body... I, I depleted it for a long time and it was under a lot of stress. So yeah, I, I gained. <laughs> um, and that's also because I did not have anyone guiding me and it was kind of me just being like, whoa, I can't starve myself anymore, eat a ton of food. Um, so yeah, it's different for everybody, of course. And that's why it's good to have guidance for someone to say, hey, this is normal, you're good. And like help you assess those, those different variables. Um, And then regardless, I want to say regardless of that physical outcome of this phase, I want to wrap it up again and just say like, this is so important, you guys. I can't can't emphasize it enough. And I hope you're realizing how important it is through this podcast. But oftentimes, women will be resistant to the idea of it when they join my team. And I think it all does go back to trust. You have to trust the coach that you're choosing and you have to go all in on that person. Like whether it be me or whether it be another coach, if you are going to invest in a program, if you're going to invest in a coach, which I highly, highly, highly recommend, it is my biggest regret from my fitness journey that I never did invest in a coach until I like was a coach basically. I like figured it all out and then I was like, damn, it'd be really nice to have someone like chilling with me and doing this with me, I'm going to get a coach. Like once I actually reach my goals, um, sheesh, um, don't, don't invest in a coach and then be like, well, you know, I don't really want to eat more or like, I really do want to diet now. Or your coach gives you your macros and you just don't hit them. Or your coach tells you, hey, I really think you ought to stop doing Orange Theory and we better start training in the gym. And you're like, nah, I don't want to do that. (laughs) That 
isn't going to help you. Like the coach is implementing the plan for a reason. They're on your team. They're not trying to sabotage you. And that is very important to remember. And most coaches do have your best interests at heart, I think. Um, Hopefully they do if you're choosing them. And yeah, I think that's about the sum of it. Like this is really important. So Hopefully that helps you guys. Oh, last thing I wanted to say is this is a great time of year for it. Duh, I almost forgot that whole part. Um, This is a great time of year for it. Like it's an awesome time of year for an optimization phase because if you just zoom out a little bit, it's November 5th right now I'm recording this. If you were to kind of focus on all those good habits that I talked about through November, December, January, That would put you in an awesome place in like February or March to say, hey, let's try going into a deficit and I'm going to be feeling awesome by summertime, right? And it's the holidays, so you're going to be wearing winter clothes. You don't need to drop a bunch of body fat immediately. You um, probably aren't in a phase even where you want to restrict calories. Like, hey, it's nice to have that little extra bit of wiggle room around the holiday time, right? and it just makes sense and it's a great opportunity to improve your relationship with food with some guidance like it's it's just a great time and i'm really all for people starting up coaching right now even though it seems like weird timing i'm telling you it's amazing timing you're going to wake up in january you're going to feel phenomenal you're going to have support through the holidays you're not going to be stressed and crazy you're not going to be going buckwild at every single christmas party so with that said you guys know where to find me in the dms i am doing a black friday sale again this is the only time i discount my coaching all year so slide into the dms if you want to chat um if you have any questions i would be happy to hear from you and if you liked the episode if you learned something please 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 drop a rating on spotify share this on your story. I would appreciate you endlessly. Um, Other than that, have a wonderful day and I will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Get Your Health Together podcast. I hope you enjoyed it along with some steps and sun. If you love the episode, don't forget to share it with a friend or tag me on Instagram. And if you have a question, never hesitate to shoot me a DM. See you next time.